0: Roll
1: up, roll up. It's the bigger picture brought to you by the British Film Institute. I'm Henry. And I'm Anna. Anna, if you ran away to join the circus, what role would you play and what would your stage name be? Because I have an
2: ungodly obsession with them. Probably be some sort of fake mermaid, although I'd probably take it very seriously and believe that I am a real mermaid. And I'd probably be called something either really kind of funny, like Miss Fishcake. Or something slightly more empowering like Captain Atlantis or something like that. As like a a mermaid-esque nod to Captain Marvel.
1: Should we try them out? Hold on. Drum roll. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Fishcake. (laughs) I like that. That will (laughs) work. Anyway. That's a brand. (laughs) TM it quick i asked because this episode we're talking about dumbo the plucky pachyderm with the astonishing arubus is flying back into cinemas i think Arubuses is ears but don't at me is flying back into cinemas thanks to tim burton's remake to celebrate we're going to talk about the live remakes of disney classics big top movie magic and the flawed genius of the original dumbo before we start anna what have you been watching
2: Well, I went to see Jordan Peele's new film, Us, the other day. Oh, yeah. And I've also been watching this amazing new documentary called Horror Noir, which he executive produced. We've always loved horror. It's just that horror hasn't always loved us. Which is a look at the history of black horror and the role of African-Americans in the history of genre in general. And he has been doing these amazing horror pieces as well. So he's really quickly establishing himself as a really powerful new voice in genre filmmaking. Well, he already has. Black people play a particular role in horror films. (laughs) Working his way into that intersection between mainstream success, art house kudos, and genre respect as well. We went
0: from maids to pimps and hoes. If there was somebody black, they would be the first to die. <laughs> black films
3: hold a mirror up to society, but at the same time give an
0: audience an escape. One fellow said to me, You were directing before it was legal. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Yes, that's
2: history. This documentary, which is available on Shudder, which you I don't know if you've heard of it, it's I essentially haven't. like a Netflix for horror films. Oh, cool. Um, it's pretty amazing. They do a really good curated selection and original productions as well.
1: I've been watching Kramer vs. Kramer, which is another classic film I hadn't seen up until this point. Did the thing where I went on a streaming service that we won't plug yet again and searched for the <laughs> names of famous actors that I didn't know their films. So, of course, mm-hmm. I went to Keanu first, but I watched everything that Keanu has done mm-hmm. so then I went to Merrill instead and found Kramer versus Kramer which is Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep playing a divorcing couple who are basically arguing over their four-year-old kid.
3: Sometimes I sit in that coffee shop across the street from his school and watch him. He got so big.
2: You've been watching him
0: from the coffee shop?
3: Well I've been in New York for about two months now so. I didn't know that.
1: It's heartbreaking film. It's a great drama. The performances are really good in it. But it is a kind of slightly father's for justice version of um, male parenting.
3: All my life, I've, I've felt like somebody's wife or somebody's mother or somebody's daughter. Even all the time we were together, I never knew who I was. And that's why I had to go away. And in California, I think I found myself.
1: There's a lot of love and time given to Dustin Hoffman's character. Mm-hmm. And a tiny bit of... Setting Meryl Streep up as a kind of evil witchy mum who ran away from the family, but also at the same time role reversing in a way that you wouldn't expect. Normally you'd expect the dad to run away from a family and Meryl's the one that jumps ship.
3: I want my son.
1: You can't have
3: him. Don't get defensive. Don't don't try to bully me. I'm not getting defensive.
1: Who walked out of the house 15 months ago? I
3: don't care. Joe. I am still his mother. Yes,
1: from 3,000 miles away, and just because you sent a few postcards, it gives you the right to come back him. here. I never
3: stopped wanting him. What and makes you so sure he wants you? What makes you so sure he doesn't want me? And I think it's kind
2: of a, a quietly empowering role for her as well, where she can be a flawed character and a yeah. flawed mother. doesn't mean she's necessarily a terrible human being, but it's a much more interesting character than just someone who plays into the kind of
1: the prescribed stereotypes of what a mother should be and should behave like. Really good to see and interesting to see a kind of working dad having to balance his career with childminding and showing how child looking after a kid impacts your career, whoever you are, it doesn't matter, your gender. So, as ever, I reject and reverse my first take. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> right, on to Dumbo. The original film released in 1941 is a sweet, sad, short gem. A classic Disney animation for good and ill. Shame on you if you haven't seen it, Tusk, Tusk. <laughs> Here's a quick catch-up. Elephant born with big ears is ridiculed until he realises the ears let him fly. As his best friend Timothy Mouse says... Boy,
3: you're my stupid! why I think of this before? Your ears! Just look at them, Dumbo! Why? They're poisoning wings! The very things that held you down are going to carry you up and up and up!
1: Tim Burton's live-action remake, which is coming into cinemas at the end of this week, is short on soul, but huge on spectacle. A big-top extravaganza that slings Dumbo onto a much bigger stage. Joining him for the flight are Corinne Farrell, Eva Green, Michael Keaton, and Danny DeVito.
3: What's happening? Where are they taking her?
0: Take Dumbo back inside.
3: But she's his mom. Do something. She needs us. Look at me. We're going to bring your mama home.
2: You picked this film for us to talk about on this episode. Were you looking forward to the remake? Was Dumbo, uh, the original Dumbo from the 40s, a big film for you growing up?
1: Dumbo, the original film from the 40s, was a massive film for me growing up. It's so evocative still, and I I watch it and I've, I've kind of taken immediately back to being eight and seeing it for the first time and finding it scary and sad and wonderful and heartwarming all at the same time. So... I think whatever the remake was like, the remake was never going to match up to my expectations of what a Dumbo film should be because you can't mess around. It's like doing a cover version of The Beatles or The Rolling Stones. You can't do it better than the original film. It's just, it's such a wonderful short, lovely film about outcasts and disability and being lonely in a world that wants to hate you essentially. So yeah I mean the new film was never going to match my expectations but that's because I love the first one so much. What about you?
2: I mean I had zero
1: expectations. Mm. I have zero interest in the remake to be perfectly you're attitude to life Anna. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> no but I do think that actually there's a thing there's like the expectations that are created by a beloved children's classic mm-hmm. will never be matched because actually the the whole point of a good remake is to create something different that's sort of inspired by the themes in the original story. So like, you know, Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria has very little to do with Dario Argento's Suspiria, which is why it's such a great remake. It's because it's an entirely different film. So do you think the, when you were watching the, the, the new Dumbo, Tim Burton's version of the story, do you think it kind of captured the essence of the original Dumbo that Struck you so much?
1: So the essence of the original Dumbo is sadness, basically. For a 64-minute film, this is a very short film that was made very quickly. The first 45 minutes of the film, at least in terms of plot, are Dumbo being abused.
3: <laughs> is that the funniest thing you ever saw. Look at these ears!
1: <laughs> him losing his mum, who's locked up. She's put in a cage because she's called a mad elephant. After she tries to protect him. He's ridiculed by a bunch of crows.
3: Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I've seen a horse fly. <laughs> I've seen a dragon fly.
1: In the first meeting. And mm-hmm. he has only one friend who is Timothy Mouse, who is obviously the complete enemy of the mm-hmm. elephant, the mouse versus the elephant. Look, Dumbo, I'm your friend. Come on out, won't you? So for the first 45 minutes of the film, there is nothing but sadness, despair and desperation. And that is the essence of Dumbo, which for a kid's film, is really bleak and quite horrible and i think it actually speaks to the times because this film was made just as the second world war was coming to an end but disney had already lost a lot of profits from fantasia and from Pinocchio because the audiences had been decimated by the war so they had to make this film quickly but I think it still has that kind of sense of a lost parent of a society that's kind of gone into freefall and of the child being left alone in that environment which so many films go on to do afterwards but they always sweeten the pill a lot earlier so you don't have to sit through a best part of 45 minutes of misery and heartache to get to the the feeling that this character can escape the world that they've had built around them and Dumbo doesn't do that Dumbo just makes it miserable and i watched this with my four-year-old again the other day and first of all he was like daddy this is really boring (laughs) and then he was like daddy this is really sad and then there was nothing that i could give him to be like don't don't worry we're gonna get there it gets happier it gets better because the film doesn't do that until literally the last 10 to 15 minutes when you when dumbo realizes he can can fly and he controls his power before that it's just bleak and that says something about me at eight years old that i reacted to it so strongly and love it so much i guess
2: i mean it is extremely big but that's the point, I think, one of the points of difference with the remake mm-hmm. as well, that I think the remake completely ignores, is because yeah. in the original, and I rewatched watched it again for the first time in years after watching Tim Burton's one, it takes such a long time to set up just the mad, intense sadness and loneliness of Dumbo, but also his friendship with Timothy Mouse is so pure because there is no profit for Mouse over there. Now
0: listen, I ain't your brother and I ain't no rat.
2: He is just being kind to Dumbo because he can see that he is so alone and so sad and being abandoned and abused by everyone around him for no reason other than, you know, ostensibly having big ears, which you can interpret as a metaphor for whatever you want. But the remake just makes everyone mean to Dumbo for no reason whatsoever, even though he's seen as a profit cash cow from the very beginning. So in a way, everyone that's being kind to him, you almost think at the back of the head, are they being kind of him just because they know they can make a buck off of him? Mm. Because he's got a sellable weirdness?
0: What is that? A
2: face only
0: a mother could love.
3: Sir, many of us find you handsome.
0: I was talking about the elephant. You have until tomorrow night to fix that. Me? Make those ears disappear.
2: That is established from the very, very beginning, where there's in the original, it takes a while for Dumbo to fly. And that is not why Timothy Mouse is kind to him in the first place.
1: It's true. He doesn't, you don't see the special very early on. And I, I think the reason why Timothy Mouse cares about him is that he's an outcast as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, Timothy Mouse has got a huge heart, but he's a little person, literally, that you're not going to see in the world. And that's why the crows take to Dumbo after mm-hmm. a while as well, because they are outcasts in terms of being... version of black people in that world in a very white world that is all about race still at that time and you're right the new film spends so long in establishing that the world is sunny anyway that it doesn't let Dumbo be sad or desperate or even an outcast because everybody's rooting for him right from the start which doesn't make for interesting drama You have something very rare You have wonder
3: You have mystique magic come with me together we can soar on that
1: elephant's wings it's also that thing of Disney these days being slightly honeyed and sugary and not really wanting to take too many risks with what they do in terms of Where they take the story, at least in their kind of straight animation, I'd say Disney Pixar films Mm. very much took the template of Dumbo and turned it into you can make the thing that's different about you, your strength, and people will respect you for it eventually if you keep struggling. That's very much a Disney Pixar film template, it's not a straight Disney template, I don't think. Or well, maybe Frozen broke that template a little bit, but this feels very much like we are just rooting for Dumbo for the start, which you are in the, the original, but everyone around him isn't.
2: To put on top of that, actually, we're not really asked to root for Dumbo. I mean, the worst thing about this freaking film, by the way, I did hate it, um, was <laughs> I that... Couldn't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, the worst thing about the new Dumbo is the fact that it's not really about Dumbo. It's supposedly about the human characters in the film, yeah. and why do we give a shit about They have literally no character development. Colin Farrell's character, who's our main protagonist and our proxy, his only character trait is that he lost an arm in the war. Yeah. That's the
1: only thing we know about him. Which is weird, right? Because then you're supposed to see Colin Farrell, I guess, as Dumbo in this film. Like he's supposed to be the pitiable character, which says something weird about disability in itself
3: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Don't be
0: scared. Don't be scared now. Your mama's right outside.
1: I don't feel... Love or sincere yeah. emotion towards Colin Farrell. The Dumbo, <laughs> He's even a grown he, man.
2: <laughs> even though Dumbo is the name of the movie and supposedly he is the lead character, yeah. he is literally just a secondary animated elephant. We don't really get to know him. We don't spend that much time with him. He was always a prop for someone else to discover their inner specialness or make peace with something or make money or discover that money is not everything or that greed is bad or that, you know, friendship rules over everything else. All of these lessons that are learned by the human characters where their Dumbo is just there being quiet and kind of being a abused, but not really abused. He's just being used by people in order to achieve something for themselves. So we never really get to connect with him on any level, considering that the original is, like you say, a 64 minute film where Dumbo actually doesn't speak a single word. He is mute for the entire duration of the film and people around him speak. He has so much emotional power and so much connection that he establishes with the audience just through, you know, a very simplistic animation Mm. and the way that he interacts with everyone around him and with the world. So considering that this is a two-hour movie with a massive budget behind it, it's really sad that they've completely misrepresented the lead character and what he can communicate to an audience, even without saying a single word.
1: They should have called it Colin instead. (laughs) (laughs) Can we fur away from slagging off the new one and go back to the genius of the old one just for a second? Another thing that's so good about the original is that There's such a growth in Dumbo's character with, as you say, him not saying a word throughout. And that is because of booze, basically. The whole film swings around the pink elephant scene, which is a scene that happens because the clowns that have been acting with Dumbo are celebrating their act going so well and they're drinking champagne and talking about going to ask the boss for a raise. They drop a bottle of champagne and the alcohol flows into the water bottle. Timothy Mouse takes Dumbo to the bucket and says, have a drink, not knowing that there's booze in the water. Dumbo drinks the water and has this incredible two-minute hallucinatory scene called the Pink Elephant Scene, where Mm -hmm. these elephants march around. It goes through these. It's a great song. The song itself goes through all kinds of segues, like bossa nova waltz. It's got the kind of jazz elements in there as well. This weird kind of jungle rhythm pattern. That sequence is terrifying and it's hallucinatory and weird, but it's also about character growth Mm -hmm. and because when Dumbo wakes up from that with a massive hangover, which again, like, you know, a young elephant having a hangover is not really Disney fair. normally. He wakes up in a tree and he's got in the tree because when he was drunk, he learned how to fly.
3: Dumbo! Dumbo! Wake up! Wake up, Dumbo! -hmm. Don't look now, but I think we're up in a tree!
1: He's got in the tree because when he was drunk, he learned how to fly. To say that booze is the activating element that can bring out your inner genius and show you who you really are is, again, a very 1940s, but a very, very un-Disney thing to say that, like... I'm going to interpret that (laughs) as...
2: I'm going to choose to interpret that as, you know, if you push yourself outside of your boundaries and outside of your comfort zone, you can realise your true potential.
1: That's what I was trying to do throughout my 20s and at times in my 30s too, I know. It never really worked. (laughs) (laughs) One day. Anyway.
2: But again, just to go back to slagging off the Tim Burton's remake, (laughs) yeah, um, he tries to pay homage to the pink elephant scene in the most ridiculous pandering way and it physically annoyed me.
1: Yeah, it's this weird moment where Dumbo goes glassy-eyed and stares at the circus big top and inside the tent they've got these bubble blowers and they've the the bubbles start forming into elephants as they do in the original. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of beautiful but it's not really connected to anything. It's just something that's happening in the big top and it looks weirdly like Gaspar Noé-esque as well. There's kind of this pink, purpley, sexy kind of lighting going on and it's a bit too grown up at the same time as being completely meaningless for me. Maybe I read that wrong. You're scowling at me.
2: No, I'm trying to imagine Dumbo directed by Gaspar Noé. Oh my
1: god, I'd watch that. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that would be one All fucked up elephant. <laughs>
2: um, (laughs) It's interesting that this film comes, it's being released next Friday, Mm. but it's coming on the heels of the massive success of The Greatest Showman, which came out last year, which is another kind of circus slash freak show set musical that reimagines and kind of really glosses over the story of P.T. Barnum, who was one of the kind of major um, carnival owners and promoters in American history. Not a very good man. A very problematic story that's, you know, being created as a show essentially that is appealing and beautiful to look at and really spectacular with some great tunes
0: i can't just run off and join the circus why not i mean you clearly have a flair for show business for show business Mm -hmm. i've never heard of it because i just invented it
2: And in the same way, this is entirely set in a circus. And the circus and all of the performers and the people and the lifestyle they lead get a lot more show time and screen time, sorry, than Dumbo actually does in this film. And I'm wondering what... Is happening right now in American kind of big blockbuster cinema that they're really trying to bring back these scenarios that are part of their history, that are kind of a very American element, but they're glossing over a lot of the really problematic and really complicated parts of that history. It's not exactly pretty, and that's kind of part of the appeal of it. It's the fact that it's this show business that was on the road and the way that they used people and the communities that it created are really fascinating to yeah. look at, but I haven't yet seen a film that. You uses that as a backdrop without entirely making it into something that can be then used on beautiful marketing materials.
1: You haven't seen a film like that since the original Dumbo, which was really good at creating a circus world that felt realistic and used that world for the drama as well. So the the circus in Dumbo, um, everything from the kind of Casey Jr., the train on, is so realistic. It feels like a working circus for everything that good and bad that that brings. So there's a scene where they're setting up the circus in Dumbo and the workers are hammering the tent pegs in as the rain lashes down. Most of the workers there seem to be black people who are, presumably underpaid and overworked and then there's everybody in the circus is boozing and drinking too much everybody's act is always on the edge so they're just about to fray and they're always running out of money which this new version does do a little bit but it kind of shows as of course they'll um, triumph over this lack of money and they'll be fine Mm -hmm. whereas Dumbo the kind of inherent crapness of the circus and the fact that it's based on abuse of both animals Mm -hmm. and people was always a key part of the story and a key part of why Dumbo himself was abused because he didn't look like how you're supposed to look for Mm -hmm. that show. I totally agree with you that The Great Showman has had a huge effect in terms of what people want to make. I guess it's now a safe bet to do a kind of big top extravaganza show that people want to go and see with all the kind of sparkling and glitter that that incurs. But that's that's the front of a circus, right? The behind the scenes stuff is actually much more interesting, Mm -hmm. which every film since, I don't know, Freaks has kind of told you that that these characters are much richer because of these dirty, horrible lives that they're leading. And I think, yeah, The Greatest Showman shows you the kind of glitzy side of that, but it never really gets behind the curtain.
2: No, absolutely. And I think Dumbo, I imagine that they probably think they are showing part of that rich and Borderline abuse of history, but I don't think they really are. They're really using it for humor. All of the characters are so paper thin. You know, Danny DeVito plays kind of the ringmaster who's just in it for the money, but pretends to care about his performers and stuff. And it's so thinly written; there is nothing there to hang on to.
0: Hmm. I can't is that a monkey in your desk? Just for emergencies. Look, Mister Vanderveer, I probably should tell you. The elephant is not for sale. Dumbo will only fly for the Medici Circus.
3: That's assuming he is real.
0: But, I
1: mean, there is one positive of the new film, which the old film had a little bit of problem with, and that is its treatment of race. That most characters across the circus are, there's a multi-ethnic circus, they're all working together. Again, a slightly disney in that it's completely unrealistic for the time that the film's set in, whereas... Dumbo the original had a problematic view of race but also according to some critics which I agree with did show black people in a more sophisticated light than say things like the Jungle Book (laughs) Um, there's particularly the crow scene the crows are kind of jive talking group of guys who find Dumbo in the tree and ridicule him at first for being an elephant who can fly but then help him to realise his gift The problem with the crows is that they do use a lot of kind of jive talk.
0: But i have been seen about everything when I see an elephant fly.
1: And the lead crow, who was originally called Jim Crow mm-hmm. in the script notes, which is hugely problematic itself, yep. but was voiced by a white guy. The other crows were all voiced by black guys. Mm-hmm. But. There is a sense that they are empowering and they're not speaking in a language that wasn't realistic for the time. And they're not really a stereotype. They're more just a representation of what black people were and living through. And they do
2: within, within the story of the original Dumbo, they do accept him. Like they jest and they make fun of him lightly, but they're not th- hurling abuse at him. And they do kind of accept him. And once they see that he can fly, it's kind of a really nice communal moment. Yeah. And I think it was Whoopi Goldberg who said at some point that they, Disney should make... Toys and marketing materials out of those girls because they sing the song that everybody remembers from yeah, Dumbo. So they're I in a way fly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so totally they're right. kind of most uh, very iconic characters in a way. But also, I would disagree with you that the 2019 Dumbo has <laughs> has solved the race problematic in <laughs> it because if you think about it, all of the lead characters are white. Mm-hmm. Who were the characters of color? That I have guess, speaking yeah, roles. There's a, like because a, there's the strongman slash accountant of the slash circus. drummer, yeah. Yes, who has zero lines in the film.
1: It's true, it's true. I mean, I and guess,
2: he's always like in the background behind Danny yeah. DeVito, kind of for lols because he's so much taller than Danny DeVito and is kind of made fun of for the fact that he is actually probably running the circus more than Danny DeVito is. But he doesn't actually speak. He has no characterization. He's just there for jokes.
1: I guess you're right. I think the diversity is actually just like, for show, it's basically skin deep and there doesn't seem to be any character development of any non-white characters.
2: I mean, there's no character development of the white characters. (laughs) Or the animal characters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the, the Crow song originally said, I think you've seen everything until I've seen an elephant fly. At least the new film has updated that because you think you've seen anything until you've seen Eva Green humping around on top of an elephant as it flaps around the top of a big circus tent. And in fetish wear. In fetish wear. And the CGI in this is not good. And poor old Eva Green, I really felt for her because it's like, can you imagine having to pretend that you're flying on a juvenile elephant in the middle of a big top whilst to people are staring at you in wandering or i to French Orm. accent
3: when <laughs>
2: you're actually
1: French. It's, um, it's quite incredible.
0: For the record, this was not my idea. Velma works alone.
3: So do I. Bonjour, Millie. Ciao. And you. Hmm.
0: Charming. Well, maybe didn't recognize you with that makeup. So I got to teach you to fly? I know how to fly. Ever since I was a child. They taught Dumbo to fly, no? So I don't need your expertise.
2: Yeah, it is fascinating just how <laughs> unaccomplished on every single level this film is. But... I'm interested in, because it is part of a larger trend that's happening right now, which is supposedly, and I'm using air quotes here, live-action remakes of beloved Disney classics. So we're going to get The Lion King in a few months, which is, well, technically animated as well, because it's mostly going to be CG lions and animals. Um, We had The Jungle Book. Are you alone out here? What are you doing so deep in the jungle? We had another version of The Jungle Book of Mowgli, I think. I'm still waiting for the Little Mermaid live-action remake, which is seen, everybody seems to be ignoring. That's the one film that really needs to happen. And
0: you're going
1: to star in Credited as Miss Fishgate. Right? <laughs> Obviously, this is clearly an addition for that. And then they've got the live-action um, Aladdin coming out as well, oh, right? God, yes, please trailer for now.
2: don't remind me about that. Yeah, that is coming out at some point. I will not be watching it. <laughs> um, but I wonder, why do you think this is all happening right now in such a condensed period of time? Do you think it's just tapping into nostalgia of you know our generation, kind of who grew up watching these Disney films, and you know are now having children and showing these films to them? So now is the time for them to capitalize on a generation growing up and having new product to sell to them and to bring their kids too
1: yeah i think it is and i think it's it's partly the marvel thing of like you know the people who remember those stories from when their kids have grown up enough to now have the power to remake those stories for the next generation as you say the thing that that disregards is that the original animations still hold up so much better than anything you could make that's new it's going back to the beatles rolling stones thing or your reefer franklin thing or whoever your poison is musically you can't cover those people you can't cover these films they are so groundbreaking and foundational in their own right that they still look relevant and are relevant today. And to make a live action version of it, I guess what they're trying to do with that is kind of pay homage and not do a kind of straight animation rip of dumbo but actually to me it would have been more sense more interesting to see tim burton's animated version oh, of dumbo 100 i think it just would have made
2: also i'm sorry cg <laughs> elephants are so creepy can yeah, they we are. just discuss that they don't look appealing or cute or nice it's really weird to have such a detailed rendering of a real life elephant but with
1: big blue human eyes. Well, I tell you what, the new version of the Jungle Book, John Favreau's mm. version of the Jungle Book, which I actually quite liked. I thought it yeah. was, you know, it was an interesting take on the original story because he went back to Kipling a little bit and mm-hmm. actually did, you know, a proper version of it. He never tries to make the animals look too cute or too human. They just feel like animals that weirdly have human voices coming out of them, and they work because they of that. And they talk, and it feels But it feels darker, it feels grittier, but it works and feels realistic. And kids buy into it too because it's just a talking orangutan or a talking panther or whatever. And it makes sense. And you're right. As soon as you try and make Dumbo cute in a human way, you stray into the video game thing of the Uncanny Valley where nobody ever looks real and people look robotic and dead behind the eyes. And if you want your lead character to be cute and lovable, you cannot have them looking robotic and dead behind the eyes, especially with this weird gray wrinkly skin all over them too. Gaspar Noway-esque.
2: I can't. I just can't. <laughs> it's very clear that we did not like the new Dumbo. Not much. But have a lot of love for the 1941 version. Too much. What do you think was some of its enduring legacy? What, do you, what kind of storytelling or films did you think the original Dumbo influenced?
1: Well, first of all, it saved Disney. So the original Dumbo made a lot of money relatively for the time and meant that Disney could go on to make other things, including the... The Jungle Book and The Little Mermaid. Anna. Yes, thank so, you. That's yeah, the only film that matters. You wouldn't have a live-action animation career without it. Also, every Pixar film, as I said, that anyone, the ones that are any good, things like Ratatouille, there's definitely a sense of the main character overcoming something that they've always had to live with or always really wanted to do, and people seeing them in a the light that saying like, "You can't be this; you must be something else." But the character fitting into that. So every Disney Pixar film, and then. Every kind of substandard other film, i.e. DreamWorks, after that has done the same thing. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's a kind of amazing scene in it where they nick all the cartoon franchises from around Hollywood and Dumbo flies in.
0: Kind of jumpy, aren't you, Valiant? It's just Dumbo. I know who it is. I got him on loan from Disney. And
1: And then my favourite TV show ever, Halt and Catch Fire. Yes, please explain yourself. I'm
2: interested in how the Dumbo and Halt and Catch Fire can be used in the same sentence.
1: There's a scene where in Halt and Catch Fire, one of the key characters is holding her baby and singing baby of mine to it as she falls asleep. Um, So it's a very tenuous link. It's just the same song. But both scenes, the one where Dumbo is cuddled by his mummy, And the one where the Halt and Catch Fire characters are cuddling each other are very sweet and gorgeous because that song is amazing. And sorry to slag the new film off again. That song is completely thrown away and wasted in this one.
2: 100%. I am not sorry to slag it again. The songs in this film are non existent. I literally cannot remember any single one of them except when it made me mad when they referenced the songs from the original.
1: They literally took a great songbook and set it on fire on screen. There we go. We're not very happy, are we?
2: very clear that we did not like this film but we're old and cynical (laughs) uh and i feel very sad for tim burton at this point but do you think there's anything in the in the 2019 dumbo that might be appealing and that would work for kids who are watching it for the first time who don't have the original to compare it to uh
1: yeah i think my four-year-old son wouldn't find dumbo in this one creepy i think he would find him cute and alluring and want to spend time with the character because kids have grown up on much a much wider range of animation, I think, than we had access to when we were little. And I'm thinking about what my son watches on telly. There's a wide range of stuff from stuff that looks horrible to me, but stuff that looks amazing as well. Otto doesn't really care about that. He cares about characterization. And if the elephant looks creepy, I think he'll probably just take that with a pinch of salt and enjoy the story anyway. So I think in terms of pure spectacle, this film does do things that a younger audience are going to really enjoy. I also think there are there are bits of it that are Burton-esque in the best way. Like They go into this kind of nightmare hall where this, the ringleader has dressed up the animals in these kind of weird, neon spiky costumes to make them look like kind of dark versions of a crocodile, elephant, or a hyena or whatever. And there is a visual element in there that for all audiences I think you can still, if you know Burton's work, you can reliably say that is the stuff that I love and what I signed up for in the first place. And if you're a kid, it's going to be freaky and scary. So... I know we haven't enjoyed watching this film, but I do think there are bits in there that for younger audiences they're going to pick up on and, and find interesting. And again, the greatest showman thing, like you can't really underestimate the fact that people have seen that film, love that film, and will come to this one looking for more of that big top extravaganza stuff. And I think this film does deliver that for you, whether whether you want it to be Dumbo or not, it definitely has that kind of an element of that circus magic.
2: I mean, I completely disagree, with <laughs> 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 the Greatest Showman is pure spectacle and is a great ride and has some banging tunes um, that, that is all I'll say
0: <laughs> oh it's no use Dumbo I guess it's just another one of there look hot diggity you're flying you're flying <laughs> why he flies just like an eagle <laughs> The hell, please.
3: <laughs> well,
1: that's it for this episode Dumbo the remake is playing in UK cinemas this week the original is available on Amazon and is much much more Anyway, The Bigger Picture, brought to you by the British Film Institute, is hosted by us, Henry Barnes and... Anna Bogutskaya. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm on at Henry H. Barnes and Anna... I'm on Anna B. Demented. Our ringmaster is Peter Sale, who produces the show when he's not cracking a whip over our heads. More of Pete's work at petersale.co.uk. We'll be back in a couple of weeks when we'll be talking about A Clockwork Orange, which the BFI is re-releasing in early April. Until then, your last line this time... Is from Peter Pan. Definitely not Dumbo. Peter Pan. He can fly. He can fly. He can fly. It bugs you so much that you fudged that reference last time.
2: So much.
0: Planning for your next trip.